Good morning. I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, September 24th. Here are election 2020 updates from today's show. But first, the big idea. A huge, brutalist entrance gate, topped with the red national flag of China, stands before archetypical government buildings. There's no sign identifying the complex, only an inscription bearing a quote from Mao. But the 45-foot-high walls and guard towers indicate that this massive compound is not just another bureaucratic outpost in western China, where authorities have been waging a sweeping campaign of repression against the mostly Muslim Uyghur minority. It is a new detention camp spanning some 60 acres, opened as recently as January. With 13 five-story residential buildings, it can accommodate more than 10,000 people. The Kashgar site is among dozens of prison-like detention centers that Chinese authorities have built across the Xinjiang region, despite Beijing's claims that it's winding down its internationally denounced efforts to, quote, re-educate the Uyghur population after deeming the campaign a success. A recent visit to the region by our former Beijing bureau chief, Anna Fifield, bolstered by satellite imagery and other reporting, reveals how international pressure and outrage have done little to slow the communist regime's crackdown, which appears to be entering an ominous new phase. The story I'm about to share only posted after Anna left China for New Zealand. The regime is refusing to accredit any Washington Post reporter, so for the first time in decades, we don't have any full-time correspondence in mainland China right now. President Trump refused during a news conference last night to commit to a peaceful transfer of power if he loses the election in November, asserting that if he does not win, it will be because of fraudulent mail-in voting and not because more Americans voted against him. His latest comments came after he has spent months making unsubstantiated claims that voting by mail is corrupt and will lead to a rigged election. In fact, data makes clear that states that have embraced universal mail voting have documented tiny rates of possible ballot fraud. Earlier in the day, Trump also sought to sow doubt in election results by predicting that deciding the winner of the election will ultimately go to the Supreme Court. He said that is why it is so urgent that a nominee to replace the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg be seated before the election. Trump is also pushing his own advisors to deliver some health care wins in the final weeks of this campaign, leading to a frenzied rollout of proposals as polls show the president's handling of the coronavirus pandemic and health care policy generally are two of his biggest vulnerabilities for re-election. Trump is scheduled to deliver a speech later today in Charlotte, broadly outlining how he would approach health in a second term though the speech is likely to be light on details. Instead, he'll tout his administration's efforts to lower drug prices, address surprise medical bills, and improve health care price transparency. Josh Dossi and Yasmin Abu Talib report that the president is expected to mostly avoid speaking about repealing and replacing the Affordable Care Act, something he's long promised to do, but it's a position that's now become unpopular with voters. Advisors also expect Trump to sign an executive order at the event, promising to protect people with pre-existing conditions though the administration has not detailed how this objective could be achieved without the safeguards in Barack Obama's signature 2010 law, which Trump is in court trying to discard. Other outside experts have said the order would amount to little more than a public relations ploy. Thanks for listening. 
I'm James Hummel. If you want to hear full episodes, find The Daily 202 every weekday morning wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.